This is episode number 86 with Olympic gold medalist, Sean Johnson. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for hanging out with me on the School of Greatness podcast today. My name is Lewis Howes. I am your host, and I'm super pumped to be here with you today. I've got a very, very special guest and a dear friend of mine. Her name is Miss Sean Johnson. She is an Olympic gold medalist and a three-time silver medalist in gymnastics. If you haven't heard about her, then you've probably been hiding under a rock because she is basically the main person when it comes to gymnastics. Whenever anyone thinks of gymnastics, they think of Sean Johnson. She is like the queen of it right now. So she is an awesome individual. We, uh, she's here in LA. So we, I had her on the podcast back on episode number, I believe it was 26 or 22. I'll link that up in the show notes for you guys. But we had an amazing time the first time talking about the the mindset of an Olympic athlete and kind of her rituals for getting ready to perform on such a big stage at 16 years old. I mean, could you imagine the pressure performing the Olympics as a 16-year-old and having to be at your best when a billion people are watching you all over the world? It's, it's, I can't even imagine it. And the pressure that she was able to overcome was astounding. So very excited about her back on the show. So make sure to check out that episode if you haven't listened to it yet to learn about tapping into the Olympic mindset. And this episode is actually a little bit different. And we get a little bit more intimate with Sean. She opens up in a way I've never heard her open up before. And we talk about what it's like getting second place and getting the silver. Because she actually got three silver medals first before she won a gold medal. And what it's like coming from a place of second place, not winning. She goes into this, actually this, this energy that's created whenever someone loses and gets second place, when they get third, fourth or fifth or beyond, it's still an accomplishment. And when you win, it's an accomplishment, but getting second, there's something interesting that Sean says that happens when you get second. So we dive into that. We dive into how to realize your self-worth and your worth and your accomplishments when this happens. So maybe you don't get first in everything. Uh, maybe you don't get the job you wanted. You get the second place job or whatever it may be. With the relationships or whatever it may be, it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to be, the way you envisioned, the way it was supposed to be. Again, Sean was supposed to win the gold medal and it didn't happen on those, those four. She won one of the four. But she was supposed to win gold in all four of those events. So I'm very excited about this interview. I'm super grateful for Sean opening up in such an authentic, vulnerable, loving way. And she's just such an incredible human being. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this amazing interview with the one and only Sean Johnson. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much again for coming on and hanging out on the School of Greatness podcast. I've got my great, sweet, dear friend, Sean Johnson on. What is up, Sean? Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. What's up with you? Oh, not much. The last time I had you on, I have to figure out what episode that was, but we had you on before. People loved it. And right before we did the last one, we did some salsa dancing. Do you remember we, that? <laughs> we did do some salsa <laughs> dancing. I think I was coming from Dancing with the Stars yeah, from probably. one of the shows. You probably were. And yesterday you just got back in town you haven't been here in like six months i feel like it's been forever it's been forever yes and we don't like that ellie misses you 
Well, I miss LA. Yes. But you live in Nashville now, right? Yes. With your huge puppy that's now not a puppy anymore. Yeah, he's massive. He's 95 pounds. Golden Retriever? Yeah, and he thinks he's 10 pounds. He sits in your lap and he's literally bigger than you. Yes. And he's got too much hair. It's everywhere. Too much hair. Yes. And um, a lot's happened since then. Yes. Right? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. But we also, yesterday, we got to do something new for you, which was some acro yoga. I call it acro yoga. You it's call it, cheerleading. It doesn't look like cheerleading unless it's... You say acro yoga because it just sounds manlier. It sounds cooler, yeah. Yeah. No, it's cheerleading. It's stunting. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I, I've been learning acro yoga with my special lady friend, who Sean says I have to say girlfriend It's girlfriend. Now. So it's with, definitely with girlfriend. Jen and uh, for a few months, and I was like, Sean, I bet you could do some of this stuff. Let's try it. And we did. And Sean was so against trying to do it the way I wanted to do it. And My entire career has been like individual gymnastics. <laughs> I control everything. Yeah. It's much, how, how different is it than doing like a normal handstand? When, Completely different. Well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll post a picture in the little video on the show notes here. But basically, I'm holding Sean's hands for those that can't see it. And she's upside down on my hands, doing a handstand on my hands. In While my you're hand. standing. While I'm standing. Yes. And um, so why is it different? Like, tell me why is it different than just um, doing hands down on the ground? If I'm doing handstand on the ground, I'm controlling my own body weight mm. in my center of gravity, I guess. And so I put my center of gravity on my fingers. And then you come along and you're like, <laughs> you have to put your center of gravity on your palms. I've done this for 22 years. Yeah. And for you to change it, it was a little... Yeah. Not much, but the first like 15 tries, it was like this battle. I was like forcing Sean's hands in a position. <laughs> she was forcing mine in a position. And, and you'd just be screaming at this. I'm like, stop, stop it. it. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to. And we, we'd hold her for like five to 10 seconds, but it was really ugly. We got it at the end. And then the last few, yeah, started yeah. to get really comfortable. So yeah. hopefully we can get back out there again. I just stopped being a control freak mm. and let you do it. Ooh. Oh. Let me lead. Oh. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we're going to get you back out again before you leave your busy schedule this week. That would be fun. And uh, play some more. So, yeah, I think you'd be great at it. <laughs> okay. It's funny. We should show a video of the, you trying to get on my shoulders. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we finally got that You're done, You're like too. twice the size of me, so yeah. climbing on top of your back is like... Like a tree. Pole vaulting. Exactly. <laughs> It's fun but. though. Anyways, that was a good time. And um, we got to talking about just what's been going on in your life. And we're like, we should do a podcast again. And what I, what you started talking to me about was kind of this whole, someone like, <clears throat> someone came over when we were doing acro yoga. It was like a park ranger or something. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. you were, and we were talking about, he's like, hey, aren't you an Olympic gold medalist and this and that. And you, we were talking about it afterwards, how you've won one gold medal but three silvers, right? Is yes. That three silvers. Yeah. And then I was like, well, how does that make you feel about, you know, is it, is it worse to get three silvers and one gold or all bronze or what would, what would be a better situation? And you were talking about how it sucks getting silver and you'd rather get bronze or you'd rather get like no metal. Yeah. Why um, is that? I, I say that. But I also have lived it, so I also like the other side. So I like silver. But <laughs> I, I think silver is the absolute hardest place to get mm. because if you come in first place, people tell you congratulations. They say, you, you did it, you deserved it, it's awesome. If you come in third place, fourth, fifth, sixth, all the way down, they still congratulate you because it's an accomplishment. Yeah. For some reason, if you come in second, people no longer say congratulations, but they say, I'm sorry. Or, you know, you almost had it. Or if you did this a little different, you mm. would have had it. And it's kind of just a societal flaw, I guess, that mm. people see a silver as a failure, but any other place is a success. So when I was competing at the Olympics, how this all got brought up is people always say, you're the Olympic gold medalist or whatever. And they just completely discount the other medals that I have. And for me, it's kind of like when when I went through the Olympics and I got the silver medal, nobody was telling me congratulations mm -hmm. at all. They were telling no everybody one. around me. You know, I remember the first interview I did after I got the silver, my first silver. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of already which, which torn. Which event is this in? The all around. Okay. So, so the event that you were supposed to win. Yes. 
the the, the biggest event the out one there. you had all the pressure on yourself for yeah and everyone was expecting you to win undefeated all-around champion for the world, world championships, championships everything. national championships and, and you get silver. for some reason i come in silver and i was already kind of torn internally as to how i was, should feel about this silver medal or second place and my first kind of public i don't know experience with whether i had done a good job or disappointed people or was my first interview right uh-huh. after and you know this is normally when they say you're going to disney world or whatever <laughs> i'm trying to figure out what they're going to say how to prepare my answer and they stick the microphone in my face and they say, I'm sorry, but, you know, how does it feel to lose? Oh, man. And as a 16-year-old oh, competing at the Olympics, what a heartbreak. I, it was kind of a validation that I had disappointed people. Oh. And at least that's how I took it. Yeah. So it's definitely a learning experience. Um, coming in second, saying that everybody congratulates everybody but you, I had to learn how to kind of congratulate myself. Wow. And not feel like a failure wearing a, a silver medal at the Olympic games. Wow. Even though it's one of the greatest accomplishments you can get. So, yeah. So why, why is that? Why do people say like, I'm sorry for second place a lot, you know, this Super Bowl, no one remembers mm-hmm. who's, in, who didn't win. Yeah. Like, um, they, they remember all the great maybe playoff games leading up to it. And the teams that are like fourth, yep. fifth, but they won't remember the second place. So I why think, is that? I think it's just because so much attention in kind of, your whole life you're mm-hmm. you're taught that winning is everything and yeah. you know they also say that if you try you you've done a good job too so <laughs> they <laughs> say they say third place you know and on is is an attempt but mm-hmm. in a first place is a win so second place kind of just lives in this no man's land abyss <laughs> yeah and so when i got to experience that i i got my first silver medal in the all around and had to experience you know, the press line of I'm mm. sorry's and Jeez. how does it feel to lose and everything. And, you know, I remember my first answer and it's kind of just came out of nowhere. I, I think I was more in shock and just answered from whatever, but I said, I didn't lose anything. I won a silver medal. Wow. And, you know, Good I, for I look, you. <laughs> Good for you, Sean. I look back at that and I'm like, I was 16. I don't know where yeah. that came from, but that's great. I think there's something to be said for it, but I, I, I did that. And then I went on to, compete in the team championships and we came in second as well um and then went on to compete floor um finals came in second Jeez. and i kept I, it got to be comical so i three silvers yeah. in a row and then i go for the balance beam and i'm kind of just again already checked out my games are kind of almost over you know getting three silvers and having to deal with when you're the supposed to win, when you're supposed to win three golds, was yeah, I was, putting on you. I was, I had every prediction for a year out saying yeah. I'd go in and sweep the floor and to get three medals mm. that are silver and already start reading the headlines and hearing people talk. Jeez. It just, it kind of, it hurt, but wow. it also, I had the validation of my coach that I was doing enough, which yeah. helped. But going into the beam. I, I kind of was like, well, I'm, I'm going to get silver no matter what, so I don't really care what I do. <laughs> and I remember going up for that routine and just not caring anymore. Mm. It wasn't about a medal. It wasn't about anything. And I competed a, a great routine. Couldn't tell you a single thing that went on. I can normally recite every word I ever thought, and I just was in like a no man's land, just on autopilot. Wow. And got a You were in the zone is what yeah. it was. You were in the zone. Finished. And then ended up hearing that I got first. And it was kind of like, again, I didn't care. A gold mm. to me didn't mean anything anymore. I, I felt like the silver almost meant more because now that I was wearing a gold medal, everything seemed almost fake mm. because people feel like they have to say congratulations and they have to tell you good job and give you a high five. And when you have the silver, nobody does that. So you have to actually ask yourself, did I give a performance that was gold medal worthy, silver, mm. bronze, where do I stand? And with a gold, it's just kind of assumed. It's almost easy. Wow. Lots of questions to come up here <laughs> because, you know, one, you're getting judged. Yes. Like it's all based on what, how many judges are there? Five, three, eight, ten, eight judges. Yes. So it's like, okay, it's all someone else's opinion on if you mm-hmm. won or not. So you may have had like thousands of other people think that you would have won, but then mm-hmm. if these eight judges have your destiny, 
it's kind of like any uh, team sport as well with like football, there's refs, there's umpires. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, there's, uh, points, but it's like up to some judgment calls. Mm -hmm. So man, this is interesting. How is a 16 year old did, you know, you really first off get back in the zone after these three silvers, which would have been heartbreaking in the first place, but also amazing at the same time. Like if I want to, if I want a medal at the Olympics, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Definitely. So I don't care if, if you make the Olympics. If I make the Olympics, I'm like excited. my dream is like complete, yeah. right? So I don't know. Just talk a little bit more about this because I'm just fascinated by how you were feeling and then also how you dealt with it moving forward. Um. And how other people can really deal yeah. with it because I've gotten so many times where I've gotten second place yeah. in big games and it sucks. It, is, it does suck. It's not fun. Obviously not on Olympic level, but it's like, it yeah. sucks. So how can people, um, what should they do? Like, yeah. I don't even know how to ask these questions right now. What yeah. should we do? <laughs> um, well, I, I wrote a, a little bit about this in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I travel and do speaker series um, speeches to college kids and I talk a lot about the silver because it kind of defined has defined my life. Mm. I I've thought a few times of if I went back and if I would have gotten four medals, how would have my life have been different? Four gold medals. Yeah. Four gold medals. Yeah. How would it be different? And I honestly think the Olympics wouldn't have meant as much to me if I would have gotten four gold. Why not? Because everything would have been too easy. Mm. You know, people, everywhere around the world would have congratulated me and I would never have had to force myself to go back and reflect and say, did you really deserve those? You know, how do you feel with your performance? How, how do you rate yourself, I guess, and, and how much training you put in Mm. and I guess self reflect on the whole process, but with a silver, when nobody's telling you really anything, uh, you, you have to do that. And mm. for me, going back, I honestly don't think I could have done any more. Anything differently on your performances? No, yeah. not at all. And I believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. But for me, how to deal with it, I guess, you asked. It's, when, I, when I got my first silver in the all-around, I, I was devastated. Yeah. I had this huge confliction in my heart of I should be proud, and I am proud, because I gave it everything I had. Yeah. I left everything on the floor. But the expectations. But I had this little part of me that's like, I should have won gold. Yeah. And how's my coach going to feel? How are my parents going to feel? How's, you know, what are the signs going to read when I walk off that airplane in Des Moines, Iowa this mm. now? You know, it's, it's not congratulations with a gold medal. It's, the you know. hero. It's. I, I just had all these visions in my head. And again, at 16 years old. Wow going through all this, I was heartbroken. I yeah. haven't really admitted that to many people, but I cried myself to sleep that night. I think mm-hmm. more in confusion and disappointment of myself. Yeah. Like I said, I, I was beyond proud of my performance and so was my coach, but I think I was heartbroken just in a sense of confusion more than anything. Wow. Didn't know how to handle the, the next coming months. Um, but from that, I feel like again I've I've gained a lot more self-confidence yeah. and courage yeah. and learned that it it's not about the metal but it's about how you feel and people can people can buy rewards and buy medals and you know buy people's opinions I guess but mm. you can't buy your own and I think that's the most important one Interesting yeah and I think you know, how you feel, but also the lessons you probably learned mm-hmm. from that. And since then, I mean, what would your life be like right now if you won four golds? I don't know. No idea. Would it be a lot different, a little different? Would, you know, would you, um, would everything just be given to you on a whole nother level for the rest of your life? So you wouldn't have to rely on your own wisdom, or your judgment or learn new things. What would that be like? I, I think a little bit. I mean, I think, I think I would value material a little more. I mean, I, I, I would hope not. I, I You're from the Midwest. I don't think you would. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't experience the four gold, so I wouldn't know. But again, I think it just, it humbled me a little bit mm. in knowing like what the most important things were. It was a weird experience. I mean, standing at the Olympics, being given a silver medal and having 
the metal bears, you know, say I'm sorry. It's kind oh of like, my gosh. it's a really no hard way. experience. They did not say that to yeah, you. Is they it did. putting it around your neck? Yeah. They say, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. They don't even say congratulations <laughs> for bronze. They say congratulations. Yeah. For bronze. Oh they my do. gosh. Um, so it was, it was just a lot in just trying to sort through all of those emotions is a lot. As a 16-year-old, I As couldn't even like put my shoes on. So yeah. I don't know how you did it. That's pretty impressive. But I, I just, I gained a lot of that confidence back and just wow. self-worth, I guess, seeing how my family reacted, seeing how my friends reacted, um, my coach, just seeing that they were still proud. It just, yeah. it kind of broke down the whole Olympic dream that we all have and just kind of said, you know, the Olympic dream isn't about getting a gold medal. It's about working towards a goal mm. and making it there in representation of the hard work you put in. And, yeah. you know, whether you have a goal or not, it, it doesn't define your worth at all. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so let's talk about expectations and goals because obviously for probably a couple of years you didn't lose i'm assuming leading up to from like when you were 13 to 16 you probably never lost no right <laughs> no. At, at any level and then you finally mm -hmm. lose which is in the biggest stage which is heartbroken breaking obviously how can people going into big events or big goals that they have, mm -hmm. obviously we have expectations of winning or we want to mm -hmm. win, but how can they set themselves up to win even if they lose or get second? What are some things they can do emotionally or psychologically, do you think, that you've learned Yeah, people can do? Um, well, I think something that kind of saved me and kept me sane through that whole process is I grew up with my coach and I started training with him since I was, or when I was five. Jeez. And he taught me from day one that nothing was ever about a score. So huh. when I competed, I was never allowed to look at a score. I was never allowed to look at, you know, rankings, scoreboards, nothing. I mean, I studied those afterwards, just learning the science and kind of the yeah. math behind the sport. But it should never, or he taught me it should never drive your performance. Interesting. And so when I got to the Olympics, having that kind of ingrained in me, the scores didn't necessarily matter, but that final result of the medal, I wasn't used to. So it made me kind of look at the scores and reflect on how I was judged. Um, but that made me go against everything I've been taught my whole life. Yeah. And so when I kind of learned to push that away and go back to, it's not about the scores, but it's about how you felt you did, how much effort you put out, your performance, I could go back and look and say, I did the best I possibly could. Right. And, you know, my my validation as well was finish, finishing my last routine and seeing 50,000 people in the arena on their feet. I mean, mm. it's things like that that mean more than a score or a medal. But I just got chills. Yeah. You know in your heart, too, I mean, how well you've done, how hard you've yeah. worked. There's no greater reward or judge than your, your conscience. So. Sure. Man. Well, how has it affected you in the decisions you've been making since then? Like, have you been ever second guessing yourself when you're doing anything? You know, you did Dancing with the Stars, were you guessing mm -hmm. yourself on that? When you went back to compete, did you second guess yourself? And the, um, was that the um, London, or no, what Olympics was London. that? London Olympics? I don't think it's changed anything in the way of like second guessing, but mm -hmm. I would say I feel like I've made every decision differently than I would have had I gotten a gold. Really? Kind of. How so? Because it's no longer about winning to me. Mm. I feel like, and I use the word winning in the sense of like, it's, it's not about money. It's not about being the top at a business. It's not about living in the biggest house. It's just, I kind of took that away from my life because I got there and realized that didn't matter. And so, you know, I, I butt heads with some people sometimes, some friends, some 
agents, some, I mean, all these people who are still driven by that. But for me, it's about the worth that I feel in my heart anymore, which again is a lesson I learned back then. Hmm. So it's about the balance. It sounds like the the winning balance, right? (laughs) The winning balance. (laughs) I've definitely rearranged a lot in my life. Um, just over the past few years, just trying to get Mm. more things in my life that made me feel good instead of just trying for a, a reward a that didn't mean anything. Yeah, it's interesting because <clears throat> I think I've talked to you about this before. My own life, I was driven by like the wins, mm-hmm. like the goals and making, if I didn't win or achieve what I wanted to, then it was like, I would be depressed. Yeah. And it was like, it would crush me yeah. right, if I didn't achieve it. So I was so driven to achieve these things throughout my whole life. And then I realized when I did achieve it, I would still be crushed and depressed. Yep. I'd be like, what's, you know, I was not happy. Well, you get there and you're like, well, what what's, was that point? Yeah, what's next? Yeah. And why, you know, it's not that big a deal anymore. I had this expectation or I thought it would be something. And I realized, it took me a long time to figure this out, but I was driven by like achievements for so many mm-hmm. years of my life. And um, when I kind of let go of the end result, it was more just talking about the journey, which you were just talking mm-hmm. about, and just being grateful for every day and the journey and the lessons I'm learning, that's when everything starts to shift. And Definitely. it's like this ease that I feel mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel it but it's like no pressure oh yeah definitely it's like this graceful ease it feels really good yeah it's so nice <laughs> it does <laughs> that's but. interesting and and you've been talking about this with this speaker series for a while it's kind of like the lessons you learn from getting second and mm-hmm. all the stuff we're talking about now so if anyone's listening who is uh runs a university or a school and you want to have Sean come in and talk uh, what's the best way to think of a hold of you? She's a high ticket <laughs> item. She costs a lot of money. No. So make sure contact me on my contact <laughs> form at lewishouse.com. Or you can go to my website. Or you can go to seanjohnson.net and uh, there's a contact form, right? Yeah. Okay, so you can contact her there. Just know that she's extremely pricey. No, I'm, I'm not. Just teasing. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a lot. And especially when I go to do these speaker series, I, I don't just focus on the silver medal. It's Mm. a lot of life lessons I've learned through throughout my life. I started in elementary when I didn't get voted into the popular group and you know, it's all these different little things, but it's about being your own person and being unique and sure not again, just falling into the stereotypical path. Now, what do you think made you so driven in your first 16 years? Obviously you're still very driven and you know, you talk about (laughs) a lot of different business ideas and stuff, but (laughs) What made you so driven? Was it not getting chosen in the popular group early um, on, or was there other things? Was it more driven by just family support and your coach support? I'd say, I mean, family support and coach support was a, a huge thing, but I'd say my drive, a lot of it came from just my passion for the sport. Mm. I absolutely loved gymnastics. And, you know, if I, if I learned a new skill, that kind of victory feeling of accomplishing, mm. you know, you feel like superwoman that's it's addictive and you know you transfer that into trying to qualify to the next level and trying to be the best in the country and the best in the world and you know I had this I had this passion for being on a stage but I also had a few unique moments that kind of made me stand out and it was little things like I remember being in Rio de Janeiro competing at the Pan American Games and I was 14 years old and there's a picture of me trying to get the third, fourth, fifth, and second place girls up on the top podium with me because I wanted a picture with all of them. Because uh-huh. you won. Yeah. You were first at 14. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, being 14, there's this huge article written of like, whoa, what is she doing? What is she trying to say? And I, and genuinely, I just, just wanted, wanted a photo with all of them. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I remember just going through my career, again, not driven by outcomes. I just wanted to have fun and do my best and share it with other girls. And I also grew up around girls though, who were not taught that and they were taught everything is about the outcome. So Mm -hmm. the friendship, the, you know, sportsmanship, everything's thrown out the window Yeah, or it's fake or whatever. Definitely. And for me that just, it never made sense. And that's why I, I definitely got a little alienated from the sport in the sense that I wanted to have fun and I had fun, but I still won. And so yeah, that didn't make sense to people, but um, it's just kind of prioritizing. Sure. Well, I think it's like an interesting balance um, because I think a lot of us want to win 
mm-hmm. we're going to compete in something and put a lot of our time and energy, we don't want to just go to play and have fun and not. Oh yeah. So the goal is. To, <laughs> I'm very competitive. The goal I still is yeah win, right. The goal is to win for everyone. Yeah. Usually, um, but obviously it's not putting your energy and focus into that only goal, but really coming from a place of like you where you're like you just wanted to have fun and give your best every time. And if you can mm-hmm. give your best every performance, then you can't, you can't control the outcome, whatever someone judges you. Definitely. And I mean, I'm not saying that in your job and your career, you shouldn't be trying to, you know, be the CEO or, you know, get a right. promotion or right. win in your soccer tournament. That that's where your hard work goes in. That's what you focus towards. Sure. But I'd say the lesson that I learned is it's just, that shouldn't be everything Mm. that should be a result of the work you put in and not, you know, your sole focus and goal. You Mm -hmm. shouldn't be trying to just beat someone out. You should be trying to beat you Mm -hmm. and better you. And in reward of that, you get the first place medal. Right. Or you, you continue to grow until you do. Yeah. Interesting. So what would have happened if you got all silvers? If I got all silvers? Uh Uh-huh. Um, would anything be different right now? I mean, I don't really know. Does it that big a difference for someone that gets a gold medal and someone who gets a couple silvers? Unfortunately, like in, yes. in the media world yes. and the business world and everything, right? So if you wouldn't have got that, would you have as, as many opportunities you think? And Not at all. Speaking, books, sponsorships with all the major sponsors you have? Not at all. Really? I mean, unfortunately... Every appearance I've ever done since the Olympics, you know, the, the title they introduced me with is Olympic gold medalist. Wow. It's not Olympic silver three times (laughs) medalist. It's just the gold. And, you know, I, I unfortunately think I, you know, had I not gotten that, I could have been written off very, very easily. Wow. But part of me might also believe that I got the gold because I went through the silver and I learned so much that I was given that final opportunity so I could maybe share this. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. Wow. But now, do you feel like you deserve the gold? Which one? <laughs> the gold medal. The balance beam? You only got one gold medal, right? Yeah. Do you, um, do you feel like you deserved it? That's hard for me to say. Mm. Because if I'm being completely honest with my heart, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I gave my best performance. Uh-huh. Um, but I also was mentally checked out. Mm. I had emotionally gone through so much. <laughs> I can only imagine what you went by through. By the time I got to that final final day, I had been going on a four-month run. So this was four months straight of full competition. Jeez. And that's competing four events every other day for four months. And it's just, I was exhausted. So... <laughs> I don't know if I can fairly say if I deserved mm. it amongst my competitors, but maybe I did. I didn't even watch their performances. Wow. Um, but you know you didn't But give in your my best. heart, I don't feel like it was my best performance. Your best? No. Okay. But the other three, you felt like were your best? Uh, yeah. Really? Wow. Um, pretty. Well, then I guess much. your best is a, based on the, the eight judges. Yeah. It was their judgment of what was the best, I guess. Yeah. I will say the best performance I have ever given in my entire life. I mean, my entire career to date was the very last routine I did during my all-around competition. Really? And the reason for it was right before I competed, I'm kind of a math nerd. Sure. So, Go for it. <laughs> um, I remember looking up at the scoreboard, even though I was taught not to. I just had this huge impulse, and I don't know why. And quickly kind of calculating scores and stuff, I knew the the minimum or the maximum score that the girl before me could get for me to still have an opportunity to get a gold medal because I was the last competitor of the entire games mm-hmm. for this event. For the all-around. For the all-around. What's the last event in the all-around? The floor. Floor. So... I'm walking up onto the floor to get ready to start my routine and she's walking off and that score flashes up in between the time that that score flashes up. And when I have to start, you have 30 seconds. Wow. Otherwise you're disqualified. You're chalking up, you're getting ready. You're- yeah. And so within 30 seconds, I'm standing there getting ready to start and I see her score. And so my clock starts and I saw her score <laughs> and it was six tenths higher than the highest score I had conjured up. 
Wow. So before I even started my routine, I knew that I could not get a gold, no matter what performance I gave. Really? Yes. And so talk about a life lesson. <laughs> um, so you knew before you're on the all around that you could not get a gold. Yes. Right before I went up, I figured really? it out. Even though, if, even though other people thought you should have won it or could have won it. Yes. Because I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to scores. Yeah. And I knew what my competitors had. I knew the score she was just given and I knew my absolute like perfection Perfect score. score. A 10. You couldn't have yeah. beat her. And I couldn't have beat wow. her. Wow. So standing there, getting ready to finish my last routine of the all around, knowing gold was no longer in my sights, wow. that everybody in the world already knew this because really? they were announcing it. Because they were talking about it. On, um, yeah. I already felt like a little bit that I had disappointed the world oh, because man. every headline out there said she has to be the all around gold medalist. Oh my gosh. So standing there, it was a weird confliction of <laughs> in 30 seconds, by the way. It's like, how do you go forward happy and excited? Yeah. You know? And it was this debate of like, well, do I just go throw it? Because like, what's the point now? Or, you know, do I finish? And I remember looking over at my coach and he seemed unfazed, even though I knew he knew as well. Jeez. And he gave me the same look and nod that he always did before my performance. And it seemed like everything that was normal. And I remember thinking exactly in my head, something that he had told me. And then that I repeated to myself. And I said, if if you can't get the gold medal, at least go out there and prove to the world that you deserved it. Oh, God, I just got chills again. <laughs> oh, my God. This is awesome. And so I went out on the floor, and no joke, I mean, every performance I've given in my entire life, I've never done something better than that routine. And really? I believe it's because in that moment, it, it wasn't for anything. It wasn't for a reward. It mm. wasn't for a score. Because that was already out of the question. It was just for me, for fun. And I mm. felt more kind of like invigorated and free and weightless throughout yeah. that routine than anything. And I remember finishing the routine and I was bawling my eyes out oh, just because I was done. And that's when I stood up and I saw everybody in the arena, you know, even Chinese, Russians, Canadians, everybody waving American flags on their feet, screaming. And it just, wow. that was my gold. So... I don't know. It was oh my gosh. a great experience. I just feel like I just you just recreated that experience, and I was <laughs> in the stadium watching you. That was amazing. Yeah, I have to, is that up on YouTube anywhere? Yeah. I want to get that video. Okay. Do I just search like all around Olympics, Sean Johnson? Yep. Floor, whatever. Yep. I'm going to post that in the show notes. Um, man, this <laughs> is good stuff. So that was the biggest. Le- that was a big lesson for you. Gosh, really? <laughs> I don't even know where to take this because I'm just. I have so many things I want to dive into your your mind about all this but let's go back to your heart actually let's get out of your mind and get in your heart oh dear and um I just want to know so much I want to know how what's next for you like with all these lessons you learned what what's your like what's your vision for yourself in the world like what do you want to create what do you want to be a part of what do you want to see happen I know you're doing this speaker series you've done this in the past where you're really supporting people that, you know, on this topic mm-hmm. and uh, helping people manage expectations and all these things. But what's, what do you really want moving <laughs> forward? It's a good question. Um, do you know what you want yet? I don't know if I want, know what I want in the end result, I guess. I know little things I want here and there. Um, I don't know. I just started college. We had this conversation. Right. I want to become a nurse someday. And you're like, what? Which I think is crazy. No, you have a huge heart. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's cool you want to give. I just think that there's some other things, other plans for you. Yeah. Um, I'd love to be a mentor. I've always Mm. kind of had this dream of like having a business where I was actually like that girl that the little girls text every day just to kind of have a big sister, but Mm. the girls who are actually competing in the Olympics. Really? um, They don't offer anything like that. They don't offer a mentorship and, um, because I'm studying psychology, which is kind of where the inspiration came sure. from. Being able to have a professional that kind of knows how to deal with issues, but a big sister yeah. at the same time, you I think just like listen to cool. you and support. And yeah. And why don't you create that then? Why don't you just mentor like two it. athletes? But I kind of need to get a degree. No, says who? <laughs> You're Sean Johnson. You got a degree in, in uh, gymnastics yeah. already. Um, I'd like to write a book. Yeah. Another one. About? Kind of everything we just talked about. Yeah, I like um, 
Let's see. I want to start a foundation. Mm. Don't ask for what because I don't know yet. Okay. I just want to be able to give back. You want to give. I You're do. a big lover. You got a big yes. heart. You want to give. So you got the book idea. So any publishers listening, <laughs> be be aware that there's going to be a book coming your way soon. Uh, what's it going to be called? The Secret to Getting Silver? Or Silver Sucks. Silver Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be a good message. I don't know. The Success of Silver? Something like that, huh? I don't know. We'll have to think about it. I like it, though. I like the idea. Yeah. Okay, the foundation. What else? You're in a relationship yes. now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going well. It's going very well. Yeah. What's that do for you? What's having a relationship? Because you probably couldn't have a relationship when you were in the Olympics. Like you're just training 10, 24 hours a day. And I think I actually dated one person before the Olympics. And when you I were, hope he's not listening. When you were 12? He's awesome. When I was 16. <laughs> but it, you're so emotionally detached. Yeah. And it's not like there's you don't care emotion involved. No. Um, but what does a relationship do? Is what, that what you're what's asking? it like now being able to have a, a life outside of gymnastics it's and have wonderful. a relationship? You know, you were able to have these things for a number of years. Yeah. Um, so what does this do for you? Having, you know, feeling love from <laughs> in a relationship, a um, whole different level, not just love for a sport, but love for yeah. a person. It will. It's one of the greatest blessings ever, especially uh, coming from Olympic level athletics. It's, you know, the first kind of relationship that you can have where it's not about a score. It's not about working towards something. Mm. You know, no one's judging. It's just kind of genuine. I feel wow. like a lot of my friends that I talk to and just former elite gymnasts and stuff, it's, or elite athletes for that matter, you, you're kind of ingrained, I don't know, ingrained in your mind growing up is this a perfectionist attitude. Especially gymnasts, and right? Because it's the, the, perfect, the perfect 10. Yeah. You've got to get the 10, right? And you're always taught it's just nothing's ever good enough. Jesus. You know, and, you know, when you transfer that into a relationship, oh it's goodness. something that is really hard to break, but... I catch myself having that attitude. You know, I don't feel like I'm ever good enough. I always have to be working to be better for someone. You don't feel and like you're good enough? No, because that's what we're taught growing up. Mm. You know, especially in our sport, you're, I don't know if I'm actually getting in details. It's like you're, you're never thin enough. You're never mm. strong enough. You're never powerful enough. You're too emotional. You're too emotionally weak. Or, I mean, it's, it's all these things that you have to work on to be more of a machine. Jeez. So when your life is centered around that, going into a relationship oh is very goodness. hard. Just trying not to sound like a psycho person to a guy. Of is course. Huge. And then you, and then you <laughs> add into it the whole like title of the Olympics that takes on the whole trust issue of, can I trust people I meet? You know? Right. Of course. Um, but I, I think I found a good one who, yeah, is good with everything. So, so are you guys competitive? Do you? Are, <laughs> yeah, we're are, very competitive. Do you keep scores. Is that a, or? Uh, well, he's another, he's another. He's another athlete. athlete right? So, yeah. we compete with a lot of small things. But it's more playful. It's not yeah. like this is for real. You're no. He's actually he's he's a very gentle soul, That's which good. I think is really good for me because yeah. coming from the perfectionism attitude and competitiveness, it's just he kind of takes me back to the Olympic thing we were talking mm. about of what's important and what's yeah. not. And so getting caught up in the Hollywood lifestyle and the red carpets and everything that I thought I had to do just because of it's kind of the path they put you right. on. He just kind of reminded me it's not important yeah. and just to do what I love. So, so you don't feel judged by anything. Not at all. That's got to feel amazing. The first time you've never felt judged. <laughs> yes, it no feels one's, amazing. No one's keeping a score and telling you what you need to improve on. Yeah, it's a safe zone. It's That's nice. a comfort. I'm sure he's probably so. supportive in supporting you grow in where areas you want to grow, but not saying you need to get better at this or anything, right? Definitely. And he's also got that safe opinion of he'll tell me if something doesn't seem right for me, which, right. which I agree with. And it's not you know, a point the finger, it's an actual conversation. Sure. Which again is different from gymnastics because yeah. you do something wrong, <laughs> they'll point it out in a very negative <laughs> manner. Interesting. So. Now, do you still beat yourself up on stuff if you feel like you're not the perfect person or doing something perfectly <laughs> like in gymnastics or? Oh yeah. I really? Mean, all the time. I, I mean, I'm working on it. I, I'm, I feel like I'm a lucky one that consciously is aware of all of that. Mm. Um, you know, there's unfortunately people who aren't aware of like yeah. the severity of perfectionism, 
but I work on trying not to beat myself up and mm. to let myself be average and normal <laughs> and not, you know, Well, perfect. it's not about being average, but it's about becoming the best version of yourself yeah. without beating yourself up. Exactly. Right? It's so, growing and getting to the next level wherever you want to yeah. take it. I'll catch myself doing little things where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that or mm. I feel like that was the wrong choice. And Now, what's something that a former gymnast, wink, wink, could do to, or anyone who's a perfectionist, because I'm sure lots of perfectionists listening in, um, you know, I'm one of them myself. What's something that we can do to let go of the perfectionism and the beat up phase of conversation of we're not good Mm -hmm. enough, we're not worthy enough, we're not skinny enough or Mm -hmm. strong enough. What's something we can do that you've learned Mm so that doesn't happen, that we actually appreciate what we're creating and continue to get better? Um, Well, it's a former gymnast, wink, wink. (laughs) Um, From what I've observed and learned from teammates of mine, from my past and history and many generations of gymnasts that I've Mm -hmm. been around and worked with, um, I don't think it can come from them, which sounds weird and probably... What do you mean it can't come from... It can't come from themselves, which sounds be, what, weird. What can't come from themselves? Um, that ability to to kind of fix the perfectionism. Oh, so you're saying you can't fix it yourself. I think you can, I think you can make a difference. I think you can actively work towards it. But if you, if you think about gymnasts, you uh-huh. know, we start gymnastics when we're three. That's normal. Right. I mean, we're in like a developmental stage. It's crazy. So as a kid, as a baby, you know, when you <laughs> have these things repeated to you on a weekly, daily basis, you know, that, that doesn't just become a thought that becomes your DNA. I right. mean, that becomes what's your foundation of everything. So to put that on a person to say, oh, if you just try hard enough, you'll fix it. That's a lot to ask. Yeah. And <laughs> from my personal experience, I'd say the best and easiest way, even though it's never easy to kind of change those habits and that kind of makeup is to center yourself around people who can actively see what you're doing, but they're supportive in it. I mean, to have a person that could say, you know, if, if you're talking about someone who doesn't, I don't know, I can't think of an example, but thinks they're not perfect enough, Uh you know, truly showing them on a daily basis that you love them just the way they are, Mm. gives them a worth and a, kind of habit to ingrain mm. that in them and not and what the if, negatives. Not saying this won't change, but what if that doesn't change over time where someone doesn't see their worth, they don't see that they are perfect how they are. You know, obviously it's like we want to improve on certain things, but it doesn't mean you're not perfect if you're not the best yet. So how does um, some, how would someone start to shed away that habit that doesn't serve them mm-hmm. to feel a certain way about themselves? Um, if it's taking years and years mm-hmm. of the, and no change, because obviously at some point there's got to be a change or mm-hmm. evolution That's, to start loving yourself and start being like, okay, I am perfect where I'm at, but I want to improve, but I can still love myself, mm-hmm. you know, not beat myself up emotionally. So what's, um, it's hard. Um, <laughs> if, what have you done? What have I done? Yeah. For me, I've tried to on a daily basis, just admit openly admit Mm. that i'm not 16 anymore Mm. i'm not at the olympics i'm not that person i feel like a lot of the perfectionism issues i have is comparing myself now to who i was then interesting in six years ago right yeah six years ago today Today? Today. The Olympics for today? My my gold medal was six years ago today. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. It was not. It was. Oh my gosh. August 19th. Shut up. Yeah. How serendipitous. I know, right? Wow. Um, I just got more chills. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my lucky number, by the way. 19. Because okay. I won the gold medal on the 19th. I was born on the 19th. And I won Dancing with the Stars on the 19th. Wow. Interesting. Right? Um, but you were 16 when you won it. But I was 16. <laughs> yeah, I would say just like what I've done is... Over the last six years. Over the last six years. Admitted that you're not that same place anymore. Yes, and that I, I never will be. I mean, and that's fine. Never again. And to accept that that's normal and that's good is 
kind of been my progress. Yeah. You know, back when I was 16, every little thing about me back then was, was judged by a coach or someone, an individual in me now comparing myself to when I was 16, I see those same qualities. I'm like, well, I need to be thinner. I need to be, mm. I need to look what I looked like then. when I was 16 to be able to be accepted by the world, which is kind of what you're taught back then. Mm. Um, so kind of learning to put that aside and admit that past is past. Yeah. And the only thing you can better of yourself right now is who you are right now and who you're going to be tomorrow. Cause you can't change yesterday. So it's hard. It's a daily battle. Mm. And I see that with a lot of people. A lot of my teammates, I guess, mm. but I don't know. Do you have any rituals like in the morning or at night or throughout the day? Like if something comes up for you where you're like, um, you know, you realize like you're beating yourself up about something or you're being a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Is there something you go through where you're like, remind yourself, you say to someone to remind you, do you write in a journal um, at night? Do you listen to music to like kind of su support this? What, are, what um, is something you do? I'd say going back to the whole centering yourself around people yeah. who can openly see your flaws and help you I want to say them. flaws. Not flaws. Yeah. Things, flaws is the wrong word. <laughs> things that don't serve you. Yes. Things that don't serve you. Flaws yeah. is the old yeah, bad way. Exactly. Um, that's you beating yourself up. That's what, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say my, my tradition, my habit is I have a girlfriend of mine that I grew up with. We started training together when we were six years old in, mm -hmm. She's just kind of my go-to and I'm her go-to. And if I'm ever beating myself up with anything, I'll literally send her a text mm. saying like what it is. And then she'll send something back. And it's just kind of a reminder of, she kind of just keeps me in check. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. But, and I would say if you're in a relationship and you are a perfectionist and you have the tendency mm -hmm. to beat yourself up, but don't think you're worthy, think you look a certain way that you shouldn't be looking, whatever it may be, my request for you guys who are like that is to communicate with the person you're in the relationship with and say lovingly, calmly and openly, like, here's what I'm working on right mm -hmm. now in my life. And this is how I used to be. And I've been, it's been a progress. So if I ever get into a place where I'm beating myself up, here's my request of you and give like an open, clear, communicative request. Mm -hmm. And I would say in my relationship, that's also something that I've done. I've been very open. That's good. Which is very difficult for me. I'm sure. <laughs> you even said that one time. You're like, I don't think I've been a more guarded person. But, <laughs> um, I actually was open and shared, you know, my past and what kind of what I've yeah. gone through and stuff. But something else that I think in relationships people can do is remind themselves on a daily basis that the person you are is the person your, you know, your boyfriend, your girlfriend fell in love with. It's not mm, who true. you were. And yeah. You know, it, that's a big reminder, yeah, He I didn't guess. know you when you were 16? No. He didn't care? <laughs> no. I mean, it's probably cool that, like, you achieved something such a, on such a big level that he's proud of. Yeah. But he's like, he didn't know you then. Yeah. And it's not like people fall in love with people. I mean, someone else that looked differently when they were younger yeah. or older and looked a different way. It's just kind of how it is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I would say also, you know, definitely make the request, op be open about it again. That's great. I mean, obviously, you know, the reason why I probably said that you were so the most guarded person ever is because everyone wants something from you. So you've been used to this, like everyone wanting something from you since you were 16 and wants a piece of you. You know, we're out and doing acro yoga in like a little private park and people are like stopped parking their cars, like <laughs> waving at you. The, 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 the ranger comes over and gets a picture. So I completely understand. But that's cool. You're able to let that let that guard down. In the relationship and I'm sure it feels really comfortable and safe right? it does and especially it's very difficult because <laughs> like you said I've been kind of in the public eye since I was 15 yeah. and I learned back then to kind of put on my public face mm. and it's not like it's different than who I am yeah but it's guarded it's it's a face that is appropriate smile, for everybody say the right yeah. things yeah. and you know in the public eye people don't understand that you know the public isn't accepting to a bad day. <laughs> They're not. They're not accepting to a frown. They're going to judge you. Everything. And talk yeah. about you. So and, yeah. I don't share anything personally. I don't. I don't let anything below the surface come out. Sure. And you know, when you're in a relationship and you have to get past that, <laughs> that's very hard. <laughs> it's, um, it's against everything. It's terrifying. Yeah, I can imagine. I don't know. It's it's also awesome. It's awesome. That's so. cool. Okay. Well, I couldn't. 
always talk to you forever, Sean. Can I, always I love, talk to I, you forever. I love our conversations, <laughs> and I appreciate your wisdom with well, the relationship I've been in yes. with a, a, a with former, your girlfriend. A, 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 yes, my special lady friend. Girlfriend, <laughs> come on, you have to say it. <laughs> with my lady, you admit with this. my special <laughs> girlfriend. There we go. <laughs> who is a former gymnast as well? So you guys have a lot in common. Both incredibly sweethearts. So I'm very grateful Perfect. for you guys' past. Um, last two questions. Oh dear. The first one is, what are you most grateful for recently? Most grateful for recently? Yeah, what are you most grateful for oh, just recently? In this year, last couple months, last couple weeks, like what's been on your um, mind that you're really grateful for? This is going to sound cheesy. Nothing but my boyfriend. Oh, okay. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Big shout out to your man. All right. Yeah. What's his name again? Andrew. Andrew. All right. Yes. Big shout out, Andrew, if you actually listen <laughs> to this. Um, Okay, cool. And final question, which I asked you last time, it's what I ask all the guests. So maybe your, your answer is different. Who knows? Because okay. you're a different person today. Okay. And what I was going to say before I ask you this is that, you know, we, ch- we get the choice every single day. We have a choice. We can either choose to go back to our default of beating ourselves up, whatever it may be, or we can choose to set a new habit and a new pattern. And we can always fall back into stuff, but every day we have a choice. And it looks like you've been making some great choices lately. So oh, congratulations you. on that. I still make bad ones. Like I got working on them. There you go. Beat yourself up again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm you just admitting s- that I'm not perfect. Sure. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah, of course. I mean, if, if I was perfect, I don't know where I'd be. But um, last question. I'm going to videotape it. Oh, dear. So I can post it on the. I feel like this is like pressure. The Instagram. There's no pressure. What's coming? You already know what's coming. It's. What is your definition of greatness? Oh, yeah. This one. Don't start videoing yet because it'll take me forever to figure it it's out. It's okay. I'll edit it up. Um, <laughs> definition of greatness. Um, having the courage to step outside of society standards. How about that? I like it. Okay. <laughs> Sean Johnson, everyone, make sure to go to seanjohnson.net. Uh, buy her book. It's called The Winning Balance, right? Yes. <laughs> I'll, have it, I'll have a link back up on the show notes as well. And uh, I'll tell you where that will be in the, uh, the outro here in just a second. You've got uh, a series coming up. It's the nation's only gymnastics series. Four qualifying events, one team championship in Louisville, Knoxville, Atlanta, and Charleston, right? Yes. Am I allowed to talk about that? Yes. Okay, cool. So, um, I'm also making a little debut on a little show here soon. Uh, a show on a, on a big network that we can't talk about yet. It's you can see the network. It's NBC. NBC. Yes. So make sure to DVR every show on NBC coming out in the next few months. <laughs> and you'll be able to see Sean. Or just okay. follow her on Instagram, at yes. Sean Johnson, Twitter, at Sean Johnson, Facebook, at Sean Johnson. She's got like millions of followers everywhere. <laughs> And she'll be posting all this stuff uh, when the, the gymnastics series comes out, when the TV show comes out, her next book, when she's speaking at colleges. So make sure to follow her, check her out, love on her, tell her how much you love her. And uh, I appreciate you so much, Sean, for coming back on. You are you. a sweetheart. You're amazing. You're a gem. So thank you so much. You as well. Thank you. hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Sean. Again, such a sweetheart, such a gem of a human being. I'm I'm very grateful for her opening up and sharing this wisdom because I feel like it could be very supportive for a lot of people out there who are, have experienced the same type of feelings, the same type of emotions, the same type of pressure um, on how to still take care of yourself, love yourself, and uh, know that giving your best is what really matters the most and having fun and being playful and enjoying the journey, not worrying about the outcome is really what it's all about. So thanks again to Sean. She's such a gem. Make sure to say hi to her over on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook. She's at Sean Johnson everywhere. Post a picture on Instagram and tag her of where you're listening to this episode. I'm sure she would love to see those pictures and tag hashtag School of Greatness. Share this with your friends over on Twitter and Facebook and and Instagram and and Google Plus and everywhere online that you can get the message out about Sean Johnson and about the School of Greatness podcast. And it means so much to me that you guys are supporters. 
and subscribe to the show on iTunes and listen and leave comments over on the, the show notes at lewishouse.com. It means a lot to me. So make sure to check out the show notes over at lewishouse.com slash 86. That's episode number 86. I'm going to have the video that we talked about with Sean uh, right before she's about to do her final performance at the Olympics. I'm going to show some other images and some links back to her. So check out lewishouse.com slash 86 for more. I appreciate you guys so much for listening. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. You sure? I will talk about anything. Okay. You you sure? I I have that recorded, so... (laughs) Okay.